0: Hi, and welcome to Bible Study with Bumi. And in this Bible study, I'm particularly excited because the scripture that we're going to be studying or the scripture that we're going to be looking at is actually one of my favorite scriptures. Um, And I was saying to the ladies who are in the room with me for Bible study that. The Holy Spirit literally put this scripture on my heart as I was about to start Bible study. Because today was one of those days where I couldn't settle on a particular topic. I had different things going on, not because I was having a distracted day. I was actually having a really lean into Jesus kind of day. I was reading my Bible, praying in the spirit, and then, you know, just working alongside that kind of because I... I've not separated work and my spirituality. I'm literally sometimes working and working with my Bible open or um, a message going. So that way, I just feel myself being saturated in the word of God, the truth of the word of God. And the scripture that he put in my heart as we we're about to come into tonight's Bible study was Psalm 139. And it is specifically verse 16, but I will, I will start from verse 14, but the key scripture is verse 16. Um, I'm reading the New International Version. It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the, of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I'm also going to read a few versions of the Bible so that you kind of get the, the, story, the story behind what the, the scripture is saying here, what the psalmist is saying here. One of my versions that I really like is in the New Living Translation. He says, thank you. That's um, Psalm 139, verse 14 to 16. Our key scripture is verse 16. That's where we're going tonight in the study. But let me read you from verse 14 for a bit of context. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. I absolutely love this psalm. Because there's so much that the psalmist is writing about. But these particular verses are uh, verses that have really been encouraging me in recent years. Like, I always find myself coming back to this scripture. And in particular, in this season of my life, I've been coming back to verse 16 in particular. And it's really Encouraging that he wants to use the scripture that he has used to help me to walk the journey that I'm on. He's used that scripture. He wants to use that scripture to encourage you listening tonight to Bible study. He says, and you know, even as I was reading the New Living Translation version of this scripture in Psalm 139, verse um, 14 to 16, it says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Thank you. Like the psalmist paused enough to think, you know, the way that I am, God did a work and I need to thank him. And that's something that you should thank him for. Thank you for making me wonderfully complex. I don't care if someone has told you that you are not pretty enough, you are not smart enough, you don't fit in and all of that. God made you wonderfully complex for a reason. And you must not despise that. You can't afford to despise the work that God did. You know, when you read Genesis chapter one, it gives you a, a sense of how God felt when he created you. He, when he made you, when he created you, he finished and then he said, he looked at what he had created and it was good. Can I say to you tonight that you are good? You are beautiful. You know, the new King James Version says, you have made wonderfully and fearfully made. Like I God took his time to make me. God took his time to make you. You are wonderfully complex, and it is a beautiful thing that God did. He says, your workmanship is marvelous. Like by the time you take it apart, the fact that he put my eyes in the way that he puts them, he put my nose, my husband is always talking about my button nose, that I reminds him of a cute bunny rabbit hey and i keep telling him that his nose is pointed but hey that's an aside um, you know he says your workmanship is marvelous how well i know it like with intimacy the psalmist was saying when i sit and think of everything that you have done i'm blown away can you please take time to appreciate the work that god did with you he then says you watched me as i was being formed in utter seclusion, like, First of all, you created me. And this is a different study in itself because Genesis chapter one is about the creation. Genesis chapter two is about the formation. Genesis two, I believe is verse seven. It says, and God formed man from the dust of the earth, meaning that there is a creation, there's a created me and there is a formed me. The created me is the spirit being. The formed me is the flesh that you see. The person that you see that is in front of you, that is talking to you in this Bible study, that's the formed me. But the real me is the created me, the one he made in his image and in his likeness. But then when he took his time to form me, when he took his time to put me together, he didn't make it, he wasn't accidental about any part of me. And I want you to hear me clearly as we're in this Bible study. There is no accidental part of you. There is no accidental part of you. And I hope that that encourages you tonight. And you know, the reason why is because where I was going with this Bible study is about comparison. And you know, but let's get into it. It says, verse 15 of of Psalm 139, verse 15. Psalm 139, verse 15, in the New Living Translation, he says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb." Like when God, everything was coming together, he was watching, like God is still watching today. His word says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There is nothing that's happening in your life at the moment that He is unaware of. He is watching. He says, I will watch upon you with my eye upon you. Like I will look at you and I will consistently look at you. I'm intentional about you so much so that I sat there until every part of you was put together perfectly. He then says in verse 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Your life is not an accident. Your days are not an accident, but your response to your days will determine whether or not you live out the days that were already laid out for you even before you were born into this world. And you know, it's why you should not compare yourself to anybody else. Because when you compare yourself to other people, what you're doing is saying that the formation that God did and the creation that he did wasn't good. And that the one that he did for somebody else is what befits you. There is no mistake with you. Since you saw me before I was born, every day of my life was laid out before a moment had passed. Like before I even said cough and speak in the world it was already set that I was going to cough. And you know, that should reassure you that there is a beautiful script for your life and comparing yourself to somebody else is comparing yourself to a wrong script. It's why comparison is a mess. For women who are believers, comparison is a mess it will mess you up in ways that you don't want to even begin to think of. You certainly don't want to be comparing yourself to somebody else because that's not the script for your life. That's not, you know, don't compare how you look. Don't compare the career path God puts you on. And I'm not saying it's always going to be easy, but I'm saying that there is a script for your life and comparing yourself with somebody else's is, is distracting you from the script that is yours. The one that if you lean into it will actually make your life such that it's like as if you are in a stream and you are flowing with the current in the direction that the current is going. Every time you look at somebody else's life and think to yourself, I want what she has. What you're doing is saying, I don't want what God has for me. Because what she has is what God has for her or what she has chosen for herself. Because Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 tells you that today you have choice, death and life. We make choices every single day. And each day you can choose to even live in alignment with God's scripts for your life. Or you can choose to compare yourself to somebody else's life and desire their own life and choose their own life. The choice is yours. You have it within you to live an amazing life. He says every day of my life, meaning that nothing that he is planning concerning you he is just about to do it is already done the thing that you should be doing is how do i live in alignment with what you have already said concerning me how do i live in alignment with what you have already decided i should be well how do i live in alignment with, with who you said i should be and you know when you go into the scriptures psalm 119 psalm 119 119 verse six, I believe. I'll check it for accuracy. He says, then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. Basically, I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your word, with what you have already said. He has a command concerning your life. The psalmist was saying, I literally want my life to be compared to what you said, not what I think it should be or what my best friend zone looks like or what my pastor zone looks like or what that social media influencer zone looks like. I want my life to reflect your word. You know, because that's the way you begin to find the days of your life that have been written. At least what he has given you is a life manual through the word of God, the Bible. And when he handed you that life manual, he handed you something that you could hold on to that you could literally say, okay, today I want to live as a good person or I want to live as a godly person. What does that look like? And then you open the scriptures and begin to look at what a godly person's life looks like. You begin to read the epistles where Paul began to break down what Jesus was saying and saying. you know what? When Jesus said this, this is what he meant. This is what he meant for you to do. This is how he meant for you to live. Everything that you need is found in the word of God. But if you keep looking at other people's lives, you'll be looking at the wrong manual for your life. It's why you can't get away from the word of God everything that we need some uh, second peter chapter 1 tells us that all that we need for life and godliness has been given to us because he says every day of your life was already written out before a day passed meaning all that you need to live out each day to live it out fully to thrive in it to to, to be the best that you can be is already available it's not coming it is already here. And if you, if you consistently look in the word, I can guarantee, I can stake my life on it because the word of God is true. I can guarantee that if you consistently look in the word of God, you see the days of your life that have been written in his book, you will live it out without stress. The challenge is, will you open the scriptures and read them? I was having a conversation with someone today. And, you know, I was saying to her that I don't know about other people, but I have decided as a person, remember I said that choice is yours. You can choose life or you can choose death. I have chosen life and choosing life means I consistently put my eyes in the word of God, not because I need God to bless me. God has already blessed me. He says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. The word used there was blessed, meaning it is already a done deal. Everything that you need to live out the life that God has for you is already available. It's not coming. Guess what you need? You now need to see it manifested in the physical realm. When Jesus prayed in Matthew 6 verse 10, and he said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What he was saying is, I already know that there is something set in place. Now I want to see it in the earth realm. And that's a prayer you can pray. I want to see your will in my life. I decree and declare. When I pray, I don't pray as if the thing is coming. I pray as if it is already here. I just want to now see it with my physical eyes. I want to handle it with my hands. If the Bible says that I have all things, then oh, and that the Lord is my shepherd, I lack for nothing. Then I want to see that every day of my life, there is nothing that I need that I'm lacking in. I don't care if it is food, whether it is groceries, whether it is a house, whether it is a job, whether it is a spouse, whether it is a child. If the Lord says I lack for nothing, then I lack for nothing. That's why I spend time in the word of God. So I know what I am supposed to have and then what I can call for. So I'm not calling for stuff that they did not ask me to call for. The challenge is that many of us are praying to God as if the thing is not yet done. But Psalm 139 clearly tells us that the thing that we're looking for is already set in place. The life that you want to live is already set in place. Show me what it is, is your prayer. Show me what it is, let me walk in it daily and let me live it out. Let it be a manifested reality in my life. Let my reality in the spirit and my reality in the physical, let them align so that that way I am in complete alignment. Jesus constantly was consistently living in alignment. Everything he did was in alignment because he already knew, you know, I was saying to someone, I don't know if it was this Bible study, but I remember having a conversation where I said that for 12 years, Jesus read what they had at that point in time, which was like the Torah and the books of the law, read it, read it, read it to the point that when he was talking with the Pharisees and the leaders and the Jewish leaders, they were like, dude, how do you know this at age 12? How do you know this at age 12? Because he buried his head in the word of God. Because he knew that everything that he was meant to do, how he was meant to live, what they had said about the Messiah. His mother had told him he was the Messiah. If you didn't know, I'm telling you today that Mary had told Jesus, you are the Messiah. So, when you know that you are the Messiah, what do you do? You go and carry everything that is said about the Messiah. So much so that when Jesus was hanging on the cross and the scriptures had said that he would ask for a drink so that that way, he said, give, I am thirsty, so that they would give him a drink so that scripture that was written concerning him could be fulfilled. For you to live out the days of your life that have already been written, you must consistently act based on what you know in the word of God. So the word of God must be your bread and butter. It must be what you eat every single day. It must be what you put before your eyes. It must be what you listen to. And you must find teachers who consistently teach the word of God and don't teach you religion. Let's not even go there tonight. You must consistently find teachers who will teach you the clear and unadulterated word of God last week after we finished Bible study we were just hanging out on zoom and ladies were asking me about you know some people that they could follow or people that they could learn from and I started listening to some of the teachers that I have literally been blessed by where I know I have sat down and tested the word of God and it has aligned when they teach the word and I go back and read the word, because you have a responsibility to go back and read whatever they said. When I go back and read the word, their words are consistent with scripture. Their words are consistent with scripture. And it is really, really important to find teachers who are consistent with scripture, who will teach you the word of God Who won't put Jesus plus something else, but will say, no, Jesus and Jesus alone? Who will teach you the word and say, it's the word and the word alone? Who won't give you their own opinion, but will literally teach you the truth of the word of God? You must find your teachers. You must find the people that help you to stay in the word of God so that you can literally, when you compare your life and scripture, your life and scripture are in alignment. That when you sit down and say, Holy Spirit, what does my life look like? And he tells you through scripture or through an, in, a revelation of scripture of how you should live and how you should be. You're like, yes, that's my life. The worst thing you can do for yourself as a child of God and as specifically as a believer is to compare your life with somebody else's because your script and that person's script are totally different. Even if you are believers, the way that you are meant to live out the scripture is different. For some of us, we're meant to be doctors. I can't read the scripture as a doctor the same way that someone will read the scripture as a teacher. Like even our specific slants and callings will even help the way that we read scripture. If I know that God has asked me to be a good custodian and a steward of money, and that he has put me in somewhere like the World Bank to go and do that, I will be particular about reading every scripture where Jesus talks about money. Because the scriptures have all the answers. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. The scriptures have all the answers. Everything that you are looking for is in the scriptures. So you must put your head in the scriptures. You must read the scriptures to yourself and read it out daily. Even if it's only a verse that you say to yourself every day, say it. As I've mentioned many times before in Bible study about how don't give yourself impossible tasks when it comes to the word of God, especially when it comes to You haven't been consistent in the word of God. Don't say you're going to read 20 chapters in a day. No. Start with a verse. Start with five minutes in the the scriptures. Start with reading the word of God for five minutes, 10 minutes. Before you know it, you'll find that you are reading it for 30 minutes, for one hour. Oh, I'm not sure if I understand what I'm reading. Just write what you have got out of it. You'll be amazed that you'll come back to your notes and you will see that, my goodness. My goodness. God was speaking to me. God is interested in you living out the days that he has written for you. And he gave you a life manual to compare your life to and not a person to look at as the yardstick for your life. It's good if people can encourage us. It's good when people motivate us but they should motivate us to go into the scripture to find what God has said concerning us. You must be motivated and encouraged to find out what God has said concerning you. And a good place to know what God's desire is for you is the New Testament. Nothing wrong with the Old Testament, but the Old Testament is like a type and a shadow of the real deal. The real deal is the New Testament. If you spend time reading the New Testament, a new version the Bible app has loads of Bible plans that you can consistently read the New Testament without anybody's interpretation. Just read the scriptures back to front. I literally have been doing that for about two years now. Read the New Testament, finish it, start again. Read the New Testament, finish it, start again. And literally sometimes I'll go, okay, the book of John, read it, finish, start again. Why? Because I want to wire my mind to see what my life is meant to look like as, as a believer of Jesus Christ. So that that way, when someone comes to me and says, Oh, are you sure you will make heaven? I'll say to them, I'm already in heaven. Why? The word of God says that he who believes in Christ will have eternal life. He who believes in Christ is united with Christ and seated with Christ in heavenly places. As I'm talking to you right now, I'm functioning from a heavenly place. My body might be present on the earth, but I'm already in heaven. I don't need to make heaven. I've already made heaven. As a living, breathing person who is still alive on the earth. And you know, this is just an aside. Making heaven is not the only goal. It's one of the benefits you get. But it's not the only goal. It is to be restored to the original state. The original state being what God created in Genesis chapter 1 what God created between Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, restored to that place. If the goal was to make heaven and that was our goal as Christians, literally the minute you give your life to Christ, God should take you to heaven straight away. Because what's the point of living you on the earth? But if he says that every day of your life has been written, your salvation has been written into that story, but you can choose not to accept it. Your prosperity has been written into that story, but you can choose to follow the prosperity of the world and live a substandard life. Your health has been written into it. Even me sitting here today is a testimony of me saying, you know what, I choose the word of God and the word of God alone. Because the way that I was struggling with pollen and how pollen was affecting my body, I was like, no, my reality and what God has written concerning me is that I'm supposed to be in a constant state of good health. I literally was like, no, I refuse for you. And anytime you see me, if, when I go for my walks in the morning, if you see me, I'm usually talking and praying. And literally one of my prayers in the last week was, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to, I, every time I go for the walk, I'll, say it to, I'll, I'll be saying it out loud. I am not subject to pollen. Pollen is subject to me. You have no effect over my body. I don't care how long it takes my body to align with that statement, but that's my reality in Christ Jesus. That's the life that he has written for me, a life that is devoid of sickness, disease, infirmity and disorder. A life that is devoid of lack and poverty. It doesn't matter how long it takes for my reality in the earth realm to align with what I know. But if I don't even know, I will continue to live a substandard life in the earth realm. If I don't know, I will, consti- I will consistently look at social media influencers and compare my life and say, oh, well, my life is not perfect. I'm not successful because my life is not aligned with what their own life looks like. Can I tell you that success in God's equation is that you live the life that he told you to live and that you obeyed everything that he told you to do. That is success in God's equation. So if you've been doing everything that God said to you, you should do, you are successful. Even if you don't have six figures in the bank. Your life is a life of endless possibility of unlimited blessings. What you have to spend time in the Word, knowing what that looks like. So my encouragement to you and my charge to you from this Bible study is don't compare yourself to anybody. Instead, as Psalm 139 verse 16 has told us, go to God and say, every day of my life was already written down. Show me what that day, what those days look like. Open my eyes to see, open my ears to hear. Let me have people that confirm, confirm and affirm what you have said concerning me. And let the scriptures make sense to me so that I see my reality in the word of God. That's my charge to you. God bless you. God keep you. God watch over you. It is well with you, body, soul, and spirit. And my prayer for you is that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened so much so that you begin to see the scripts that God has written concerning you. That is his desire for you. That is his plan for you. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen.